want you to look at this verse again in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. And that simply says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of those whose heart is perfect towards him. The heart is the matter here. The heart perfect towards him. It means loyal, devoted, or completely his. We're to be completely his. We're to be completely wrapped up in him. And what I mentioned to you last week is that uh, there's a huge shift going on right now in the thinking of members of the body of Christ who are in tune with the Spirit of God and understand the day that they're living in. How many know it's important to understand the times and seasons that you live in? And what's happening is a shift is occurring from thinking about if I have a need, I need to go to the well. If I have a need, I need to find that certain minister. If I have a need, i got to go to that certain meeting house. If I have a need, I have to go to somebody who I think can address that. And if I just have them pray for me, then everything's going to be great. The seismic shift that's happening is from you viewing a location or a meeting or a personality as the key for you to understanding you're supposed to be the well. In other words, in the story of the woman with an issue of blood, we have historically seen ourselves as the woman with an issue of blood. And if I can just reach out and touch the hem of his garment, then I'll be made whole. The shift is you no longer see yourself as the woman with an issue of blood. You see yourself as the one who's ha who has the garment on. Instead of being the one with a withered hand, see, you're the one telling the man with the withered hand, stretch forth your hand and be healed. You're not the leper who is, who is coming to get healed. You're the one telling him, go show yourself to the priest and you'll be healed. In other words, it's not just now about you getting something. It's about you realizing that every need that anybody could possibly have is inside of you by the Spirit of God. Say it with me, that is me. And the shift is, is critical in the day that we live on. We're not the, the ones that should go pursuing a, a location or a personality, but developing a revelation whereby we understand that everything we need and everything they need has been put in us by Christ through the new birth and through the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Are you here today? In other words, we no longer see ourselves as the one always in trouble, always in need, always captive, always held back. We're the ones that are actually getting people free. Um, the miracle capital of the world, a, a, a place where God is moving mightily uh, in the miraculous, is not going to be geography. His church is not geography. His church is not concrete. His church is not building. His church is not seats. His church is made up of people. So the locus of that power is his people. But it's going to take more than me talking about it for you to grab this and run with it. We've had decades being taught. We have a need, go get it met. We have a need, go get it met. We have a need, call the prayer line. We have a need, go to the revival. We have a problem, go get some counseling. It's all been about me having a problem, a need, whatever, and then going outward and finding a solution. When you and I are supposed to be the solution. I can say every day for 50 years, you're the well, you're the well, you're the well, you're the well, but until the Holy Spirit speaks to you, and gives you that revelation, it's not going to matter much. So how many are willing? Come on, raise your hand and say, I am willing to receive that revelation. And so we're talking about this particular topic in, in four components. And one is revelation. One is empowerment. One has to do with connection, connection to God. And one has to deal with availability. But there's no point in talking about the rest until we get a revelation that the well is not the pastor, it's not the prophet, it's not the evangelist. It is not a revival past. It's not a revival future. The well is the spirit of the born-again believer. Wherever you are, say it with me, wherever I am, that's where the well is. And I can show you scripture that can show you the mandate of scripture. We're going to talk about that. But I just want to believe the Holy Spirit will talk to you personally and show you what 
it's supposed to be like. See, what we do is we have, you know, promoted events and promoted certain things that have happened and promoted certain personalities and, and been in awe and wonder because we can keep our, our continued lack of revelation that it's out there somewhere as long as we continue to promote and exalt and praise and honor everything that's been done in locations and through personalities. But this end time harvest, this third great awakening is about God touching his individual people. Not one geography, but a million geographies. And that's going to come by revelation. Say it with me, I'm the well. The problem is, um, this is going to be too much for some people to chew. You may be choking on it already. Uh, don't turn blue and gag and nobody will know it's you. Just sit there and nod, and praise the Lord, amen, hallelujah, I'm with you all the way. Why is it going to be difficult to receive this revelation? Understand the role of the pastor, teacher, prophet, evangelist, you know, apostle. The role of the fivefold ministry gift is to preach the word in love, but it's the Spirit's job to give you understanding. I can't give you that. I'm not qualified. I could talk to I am blue in the face, and you wouldn't get this. See, well, pastor, what makes you think that? Well, there are going to be some people that have a problem with this because they still don't have basic revelations down. They haven't yet heard and obeyed the Spirit of God on basic things like come to church. It shouldn't be a shock to you that the person that God can't get to come to church, he cannot get them to receive the revelation that they're the well. Basic things like pay your tithes. Basic things like stay out of strife. Foundational things like that. They, we can teach them, and Sunday school teachers can teach them, but it's the Spirit of God that has to quicken this to your heart. Are you here today? So say it with me. I have a teachable heart. I have a pliable heart. I have an inquiring mind. So if you're born again, then you're able to receive revelation from the Spirit of God. But you've got to be listening for the voice behind the Word of God. The Spirit of God telling you, and exploding this thing so large in your heart that you're just crazy enough to believe the Bible and go out and do what you're supposed to do. Amen? I'm telling you, some of y'all are about to enter into the most, you know, amazing season of your life. You're about to enter into an adventurous life you've never had before. Because now you're being taught to shift off of you. You know, a funny thing happens when you do shift off of you and you become the well, you end up getting more of your needs met in the process. It's impossible for the anointing to flow through the funnel without some of the anointing to get on the funnel. Are you here? Amen. The problem is struggling with simple revelations in the body of Christ. Uh, no sex before marriage. Oh, yeah, Pastor, amen, I agree with that. You'd be amazed how many churches don't even preach it anymore. You'd be amazed how many people that are not married will go off and get a reservation somewhere in a vacation and sleep in the same hotel room and spend the night together and they're not married and think that is perfectly okay. Now, in a church like this that honors the word and still believes that God uses holy people to do his work, there ought to be more amens than that. I wouldn't want to have to get diverted onto this topic today and then set me back a week on the well. <laughs> it, it, it shouldn't be that, that we have to tell people that are so-called Christians that you should be abstaining from the very appearance of evil. Right. And when churches do say something, when they do preach this, they're labeled as judgmental. The, man, the modern mantra is, well, could you all tell me where there's a non-judgmental church, can you? Let me translate that for you. I want to live the way I want to live. I want to do what I want to do. And if you preach the word, I don't want to go there. What they're saying is, I want to go to a non-word preaching church. 
Because the word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if it's ever wrong for you to shack up, it's wrong for you to shack up now. And that's not judging. That's part of the problem with the modern body of Christ. They don't understand the difference between preaching the word in love versus real judgment or condemnation. We not only have the right, listen to me, church, we not only have the right to preach the truth, we're under obligation to preach the truth. If you don't get this from New Testament preachers, where are you going to get this from? Where? Can you see? Even the church now is under pressure to shut up. And the pressure is, well, you shut up or we'll label you as judgmental. Watch this. The word says abstain from even the appearance of evil. If it even smells or looks like it's wrong, you ought to be 100 miles away from it. Because if you're 100 miles away from it, you're not going to do it. Do you understand the principle here is protect, protecting God's people? That's not judgment to tell you no shacking up. To tell you you're going to hell in a handbasket and you're not redeemable, that's judgment and that does not belong to me or to you. To preach the truth in love does belong to me and to you. And any church that's not cratering to this pressure is going to have a church filled with people who are not living according to the word of God. And they won't be transformed. The new goal in modern Christianity in America is fill seats, not transform lives. Are you here? So when you tell somebody the truth, that's not judging them. The word itself judges all of us in terms of evaluating where we are. And so what I'm saying is that, that we have people that are, that are still basically resisting and butting up against the basic foundations of the word of God and the lifestyle. And here I am trying to you know, tell them that in reality what you're supposed to be is a source of life for somebody else. Well, you're not even allowing the life of Christ to change you. That's all I'm saying. Amen. You say, uh, is, it, is it common? It's common all over the body of Christ. Now, if you're shacking up, we want you here. But if you think I'm going to dumb down the word so you won't feel guilty for shacking up, you're crazy. That ain't happening. I mean, if... Think about it. If you're a pathological liar, should the pastor never talk about lying because you lie? Look at somebody and say, you said it was June, but you lied. <laughs> no, I shouldn't talk about that because there might be a liar there. They might get offended and they're going to think that I'm judging them. <laughs> Is it still okay to address sin in the modern church? Yes, because we're working on something. Come on, say it. I'm working on something. Say it again. I'm working on something. I'm going somewhere. And if we don't deal with it, then the person is still struggling with, you know, go to church, pay your tithes, live holy, don't shack up, don't get into strife. How am I going to ever get that person into what? The revelation of the well. The when you're at work on a Monday morning, somebody has a need, and out of your spirit comes a word that directs them. When they act on that, their life is transformed. You're not qualified for that, not because God doesn't want to use you, but because you don't even have the revelation that you should have had 30 years ago. Amen. Look at somebody and say, he's preaching better than you're smiling. In other words, the only reason you should be frowning right now is if you're shacking up. So come on, let me see your faces. Okay, just check it. <laughs> and, and turn to somebody else and say, it's okay to have fun in church. It's okay. It's okay. No one's going to haul you off and take you to the funny farm. Amen. Say it with me, that's okay. Say it again, that's okay. Translation is, I want to live however I want, and you don't challenge me with the word of God. And if you do, I'll just label you as a judgmental Christian in a judgmental church. Well, then again, uh, you and I just have to take that on the chin. Be like the word of God says, be of no reputation. 
Amen. Because it's too important what God is doing. I want you to write this word down, conviction, because when we hear conviction, we automatically think about whatever I'm doing wrong. But I want you to, to see this in a, in a broader understanding today as we talk about the well. All this is is the Holy Spirit opening up the eyes of the believer to see the truth. In 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, it talks about how the, the God of this age has blinded the eyes. Uh, you know, those that, uh, that, that need to turn to God, that need to repent, but he's blinding their eyes. You and I can be saved and yet not see so many things. We can be saved and yet not perceive many things. And one of them is this responsibility. If we can just get to somebody, then our needs are going to be met. In reality, God is saying that uh, I want to send you out so needs can be met. Amen. If it hasn't dawned on you yet, it should. America is no longer a Christian nation. What do I mean by that? I mean by affiliation, by association, by discipline, by dedication, we are not predominantly a Christian nation. And so we all need to be mindful that we can send the lawyers out and every time Dick and Harry, but you and I better start sending ourselves out in our own town if we're going to actually see, you know, this nation reached. Uh, we can't live and pretend anymore. We're lying to ourselves. Conviction is the Holy Spirit opening up the eyes of the believer to see the truth. Everybody say the truth. You know, nothing matters more than the truth. Amen? Raise your hand and say, I'm, I am open to, and I want the truth in every area of my life. In, uh, in preparing for this and, and studying this out, the Lord just showed me something I want you to, to see over in Psalm 19. Because... And just to kind of package us for you, we're talking about uh, wells of life, and you are the well, which, which means getting a revelation that you are the well. Say it, I am the well. Say it with me, I am the well. And you know what's in that side of that well? Deliverance, victory, peace, and healing, and abundance, and joy. Amen? Not just for you, but for other people. Because how I many of all the people out there have some needs out there? Look at this in, in Psalm 19. David says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. This tells you that God's creation is talking. It's speaking. The creation that he made is proclaiming. And it never stops. The creation he made is declaring the glory of God. The Sun, star, the moon, everything, the universe is proclaiming, is speaking of the glory of God, God's manifest presence, power, and goodness. Now, when we're talking about the well, and we'll get to the, the concept of empowerment, but let me just remind you of this. When we talk about the well, we mean that God's presence and power and goodness is going to be released in you and through you. That's going to be a manifestation of the glory of God. That well. Can you see this today? They're speaking, they're preaching, they're talking. Day after day, they, they pour forth what? Now, how many understand, even if you as a Christian will, will stare up in the sky and you'll listen, you'll hear God's creation talking to you. You know what it'll say? God did this. God is huge. God is bigger than your problem. Get a perspective of how great and how awesome he actually is. He's amazing, isn't he? There's no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into the earth, their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens he has pitched a tent. And what, is, what are they saying? This is where it starts telling you what his creation is saying. Now how do you understand if his creation is talking, we need to find out what it's saying. And it's saying this same God in the heavens he has pitched a tent for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming forth from his pavilion. That is a sign. That is a marker. You see this? The sun coming back up again reminds you he's on his way back. 
He has pitched his tent like a bird coming forth from his pavilion, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is hidden from its heat. That is partially what the heavens are saying. How many of you know it's a testimony to you and to me? If the sun comes up tomorrow, you know the first thing you should think? He's coming back. He is coming again. Aren't you glad he's coming for you? I said, how many of you got grateful he's coming for you? You've settled this with the Lord. You are right with him and he's coming for you. But notice, that's not where he stops. The heavens are also saying, the law of the Lord is perfect. Watch this. He goes directly into a passage of scripture that tells you that his creation in the heavens is actually pointing you and me back to his word. He's pointing you to the word as the basis of your life and your victory and your peace and your joy and all of your revelation. That's outstanding when you think about it because right now the modern church is not moving towards the word, it's moving away from the word. The heavens are declaring basically get back to the word. Focus on the Word of God. Live as the Word prescribes. Do as the Word teaches. Live your life consistent with the Word of God. Look at what it says. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. Anybody know somebody that needs to be revived? Anybody here ever need to be revived? There's an anointing on the Word to revive your mind, your will, your emotions any given day. The statues of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. Anybody here ever feel like a dum-dum? There's an anointing on the word to make you what? Wise. That's what the stars, the moon, that's what the sun, that's what the universe is saying. I have friends that have graduated you know, from high school with and they're, they have syncretized their life and a, a bit of Buddha and a bit of Jesus, a bit of scripture and a bit of new age and a bit of the universe is and the universe that. Can I tell you something? The universe, darling, isn't talking to you independent of God. The universe is telling you, go to the word. That's what the universe is saying. Because that's where the revelation is at. That's where the power is at. That's how you understand the nature of God, the will of God, the direction of God. That's how you understand who you are in Christ and what you can do. He's saying very plainly, if you need some wisdom, where do you go? I mean, you look up. What's, what's the response of Psalm 19? Go to the Word. You and I are looking up. Help, help. What's, what's the universe saying? Go to the Word. This is staggering in its, in its implications for you and for me. Because if you're not careful, you're going everywhere but to the source for help. Read on with me. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. Anybody here ever need joy? Anybody ever hear the devil tries to steal your joy? Does something stupid, says something stupid, use somebody against you? Yes, it does, but you don't have to lose your joy if you just go right back to what? You go out and lift your head to heaven and say, oh, I'm so miserable. I need help. I'm so unhappy. I don't have any joy. What's, what's the moon going to tell you? Go back to the Word. Turn to somebody and tell them, go back to the Word. Tell them again, go back to the Word. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light or revelation to the eyes. If Perchance, your eyes are closed to the simple revelations and the simple teachings of like, go to church. The word will give you that light. If you are somehow mistaken that, that God doesn't care about faithfulness in the area of finances and you still haven't gotten that revelation after 30 years in the house of God, go to the word and it will give you that light. See, when I talk to you about the well and talk to you about what we are destined to do, we're not going to some third party for the answers. We're not going to some magazine or somebody's book. We're going to where? We're going to the book. If there is light or revelation needed in any area of your life, 
then you need to go to the Word. You need light about your marriage? Go where? Go to the Word of God. You mean it's come to that, Pastor? It shouldn't have come to that. That's the way it should have been from the beginning. In the Word and doing what the Word says. Amen. <laughs> Any area where revelation is needed. You need revelation on purity, on holiness, on what is in bounds and out of bounds for a Christian. Go what? To the Word. Because without that foundation, there's not a chance in the world that you and I can be the wells we're called to be because we wouldn't have the authority to do that. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. That is your attitude of response to the commands you're hearing. The ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. Say it, they are sure, they are righteous. If you're into the word, you're in the right place. If you're in the word, you're on the right track. They're more precious than gold than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey than the honey from the comb. Listen to this. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is what? Great reward. So God's creation says, get back to the word, and if you keep it, you'll be rewarded. Well, I never got that looking at the moon. Well, from now on, you will. From now on, every time you lift up your eyes, you're going to think of Psalm 19, and it's going to tell you, if you will keep the word, you will be rewarded. That's the message. Now, what's the response for you and for me? Read on. Who can discern his errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. That's where you know something's wrong, but you do it anyway. Let me try that one more time. That's where you know something's wrong, but you do it anyway. Keep me from willful sins, that they may not rule over me. Then I'll leave a blameless, innocent life. Uh, then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. And may the words of my mouth, what? And the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. We know that without faith we cannot please God. And faith cometh by what? By hearing. So how can I have a meditation and words that are pleasing? Because I'm in the Word. I've listened to what His creation never ceases to say. The Word. You know what? Anybody can pick it up if they'll just listen. God's creation testifies of his authority, his dominion. But the word from Psalm 19 is the message is they are proclaiming that you and I need to go to the word. Some of y'all just going to CNN or MSNBC or Fox or the Internet. And, and you will believe them immediately. God's word says something, you'll argue with it for years. But CNN said it. You know, the Communist News Network said it, so it's got to be true. It must be true. They said it. It's in print. I can't say things that aren't true. And I'll say this again. Have you noticed they never put fact checkers on Facebook until people started saying facts? What is that all about? I believe that. I'm only on Facebook two hours a day. You know, I believe that. How long are you in the Word? Oh, I open up the Bible when you say, this is my Bible. And then I shut it back down again. I promise you this. If you go outside and look up in the sky, God's universe is not going to say, open up Facebook again. Listen to all the news you can until you're depressed. The anointings are not on those things. The anointings are all on the Word of God. Whether it's revelation and light and victory and peace, everything here. By keeping them, your servant is warned. What an interesting way to say that because normally when you and I think about warning, be warned, this is going to happen, this bad thing is going to happen to you. But that's not how this verse goes. What it's saying is, be warned, you can miss a huge blessing if you don't get yourself back into the Word. Look at somebody and say, the Word, the, the, the creation is warning us. God has left, listen, God is like left on a loop, a message from His creation. Give back to the Word. 
Get back to the word. Go to the word of God. Go to the word of God. In keeping his word, there is great reward. Amen. Here it comes again. God's word. Go to God's word on a loop. In keeping the word, there is great reward. Here comes the loop and God's creation says, go to the word. Focus on the word. In keeping the word, there is great reward. That's what it's saying to us. And that's how we're going to receive the revelation that we are the well. Amen. Look at somebody and tell them, you're the well. But you're not going to get that in religion. You're not going to get it from the world. You're not going to get it from any other voice. It's the word. Amen. Secondly, it's the word. Is it important right now? Yeah, because there's an all-out effort right now to separate God's people from one another and separate God's people from the word of God. And the devil will use anything. The devil is a divider. Denominations, for example, are a manifestation of division. We think this, and we think that, and we think this, and we think that, and God's like, I don't care. When you all get here, I'm going to rebuke you all. If you're teachable, he'll rebuke you now. Yeah, I... uh, I listened to Keith Moore this week. He was talking about how he'd been preaching on on a topic on the Word of God. This lady came up to him and said, well, well, you know, I've been listening very carefully to what you've been preaching on all these different services. It must have been, you know, 10, 12 messages on this. But I just just don't see it that way. And she goes, he goes, well, why not? She goes, well, it's like the old song says. And she started quoting an old song with lyrics. And those lyrics contradicted the Word. And after 12, 13, 14 messages, instead of listening to what the word said, she defaulted back to some old hymn that was completely contradictory to the word of God. And she didn't confess chapter and verse. She confessed what's like the old song says. You and I better get that mess out of our lives. I said, we better get that stuff out of our lives. And start with just a few more weary days and then. I'll fly away. How about a few more blessed days, faith-filled, joy-filled days, and then you'll fly away. Amen? It's, it's important you understand this because people will, will avoid the word of God for their tradition. Jesus said this, the word of God, you make the word of God of none effect, of no power with your, no matter how great the promise, no matter what I just said about there's great reward in keeping the word, but it's like that old song says, I'm coming up the rough side of the mountain. And God throws boulders at me while I'm trying to get up there to teach me a lesson. And I'm asking, how long has this been going on? Well, 15, 20 years. I'm saying, you haven't learned your lesson yet? (laughs) Whatever you were supposed to learn, how come you still haven't learned it yet? Here comes another one. Well, that's just the way I was always taught, the way I always heard. If you're not careful, that stuff can absolutely ruin your life and ruin the lives of the people that you've influenced. I'm going to stick with what the Word says. I look, his creation is telling me. He's telling me. The Holy Ghost is telling me. The believers are telling me. Amen. God called anointed preachers are telling me, get back in the Word of God. And when I do, there's going to be what? Great reward for doing it. You know what the Scripture says? He that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek. Don't be, don't be falling back on, you know, what the old song says. Well, Grandma always said, do you know that Grandma may make some good things, but that doesn't make her God? He used to go up to Livingston, Illinois with my dad, you know, Grandma Anna. I'm going to die, Anna. And she lived in a, in a single wide because the city, uh, not the city, but the state, took out most of her property to put I-55 in there. And so she was in a... A nice little piece of land, a nice little mobile home. And back in the day, there weren't shingles on these. You had to go there and you had to repair the roofs. You had to slime this stuff on top of them. And so Dad and I drove up there to, to do this. And, and uh, he's like, well, let me, let me make you something for lunch. And Dad is very clear, just something to drink, you know, and, and a sandwich. We come off that roof, and there's not a square inch on her table that does not have a dish on it. How <laughs> you know grandmas know how to cook? She used to make these cookies. I mean, you couldn't eat just one. 
I mean, you had to finish them all. And all sweet tea, you know, she used to make it like with the tea mix and then put in a whole thing of Wilder's lemonade mix and then add a cup of sugar to that. And when you put it to your mouth, your teeth automatically would just start rotting out of your head. I mean, it's so sweet. You were just like, what in the world? And that's what she would do. And here's some, here's some creamettes and here's some meat and here's this dish and here's some potatoes and on it went. And my dad just walks in and goes, didn't I just say just a sandwich? She goes, well, I just threw a few things together. She just threw a few things together. You didn't just, you know, you've been at this all morning long. Amen. But my grandma grew up believing that if she was baptized in a German Lutheran church as an infant and a member, that everything was okay between her and the Lord. You understand just because you may have a relative or somebody that you respect or like, that don't mean you throw the word of God out and say to yourself, well, just like the old song says, just like grandma and them always said. We're talking about not only your victory on this side, but the other people around you needing what's on the inside of you. Life. Say, well, there's life in me. You can't have religion and tradition and, and wickedness and compromising that well, poisoning that well, and have life come out. And you can't just work this up on the spot. You and I run into people all the time, and I'm sure you've had this same, same exact feeling from time to time where you come across a need, and at that moment you wish you were a little more dedicated, a little more on fire, a little more revelation, a little more, come on, am I talking to you today, a little more where you needed to be so that person's need could be met. Yeah. Have you not had that experience? Well, that's what God's saying to us. Let's go ahead and be more in. Let's get more revelation. Let's be ready when we're out there and people have these needs. Because those are not just people you're passing by. Those are divine appointments. I'm not there. Other people aren't there, but you are there. And you out of that well can meet a natural need, a financial need, a spiritual need, whatever it is. They could be in grief. They could be in bondage. They're in captivity. You know what the guy who set us free wants us to do? He wants us to set the captives free as well. Amen. We're not going to do it straying from his holy word. That's just not going to happen. Turn to somebody and tell them there's great reward. There's great reward. And if you never learn anything in this house of worship, you never receive anything else, get this, that you need to make the word of God first place and final authority like you never have before. That's where the light's going to come from. That's where the victory's going to come from. People don't need any more man's religion, don't need no more tradition, don't need no more what that denomination says or that group says. We need more of what the word says. The word is plain. You must be born again. Amen. The word says tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. The word says you are the head not to tell above only not beneath. The word says you're blessed in a city and blessed in a country. The word says you've been turned from captivity which means you can expect to live a life that is abundant and victorious. Somebody out there just waiting to tap into what you already have on the inside of you. What a blessing you would be. Turn to somebody and tell them, there's great reward. Come on, say great reward. Great reward in keeping his word. Listen to this. In 2 Kings 6, 17, the, the prophet was with his servant. The servant goes out and all he sees are the hills filled with enemy Syrian troops. <laughs> and uh, he's like, Master, what are we going to do? And he boldly proclaims, though there are more with us than what? that are against us. You know what he does? He then prays, Lord, open up his eyes so he can see. That's what has to happen here. Our eyes have to open up to see that we're the well. Open up, you know, his eyes to see. And when he did, what did he see? He saw the army of the Lord well able for the task and the power operating through the prophet to deal with the situation. Uh, did they just suddenly appear, or were they already there? They were already there. You're already the well. You just have to have your eyes open to see that you're the well. We're talking about each of you having a revelation that you're the well, a personal understanding from having your eyes open by the Holy Spirit to see the truth and then act on it. Say it with me, I am the well. Say it, I have a revelation that I am the well. Ephesians 1.17 tells us that we 
Paul's prayer in his heart is that we would have a spirit of wisdom and revelation. As a pastor, we've never needed that more in our church. Come on, say, a spirit of wisdom and revelation. And that comes with, of course, a thing that operates by the Spirit of God, discernment, amen, by the Word, and then the discern of spirits, which is a gift of the Spirit, which tells you the source of an utterance, a word, a manifestation, whatever is going on. But general discernment between good and evil, that is produced by the very Word that the universe is telling you to get back into. And so we can, we can see things. We can see things. We can see things. And when we see them, God shows them to us, then we have a responsibility to act on them. Amen? The first key is understanding and knowing and believing that you're the well. In Matthew 16, Jesus says, who do men say that I am? A few of them take wild guesses, but then who do you say that I am? And Peter stepped up and he said in front of them all, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And what did Jesus say to him? Flesh and blood hath not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. Pastor flesh can't reveal to you you're the well. Pastor flesh can't reveal to you everything that he's put inside of you, that everything there is capable of meeting any need any human has anywhere. That's going to come by the Spirit of God. Listen, all revelation comes that way. If you and I know anything, you didn't get it from flesh. Now, how many know we're blessed? How many have learned a few things since you've been sitting under the Word? That was not flesh. That was the Spirit of God. As many people in this room are, are hungry for revelation. They want more God and His Word. There are just as many people who've had the same opportunity you've had and dismiss the things of God, opting for religion and ease and the path of least resistance. So I'll tell you, to whom much is given, much is required. And here's what's going to happen. I'm just declaring it. You're getting this revelation. I'm going to say it again. You're getting this revelation. Come on, confess and say, I've got this revelation. And we will know because there's going to be all kinds of stories that start coming out of your life. Wherever you go, needs are going to be met. Lives are going to be changed. We've never needed you more. Psalm 119, verse 18. The psalmist says, open up my eyes that I might behold wonderful things from your law. Opening of the eyes is critical if we're going to function in this day. Now, I, uh, I don't want to, you know, belabor something that, that people right now are, are dealing with. But there's also, uh, you know, a time when something has to be sown into the body of Christ. Everybody say revelation. Discernment. The devil's doing everything he can to divide this nation. Separate brothers from brothers, sisters from sisters, even within the household of faith. And there are a lot of, lot of tricks and devices that are being used. The scripture tells us that we're not supposed to be ignorant of those devices. And I uh, don't want any emails or texts as I deal with this. If you have to email, email Jim Kruger, what's the address? Um, because after, after being in this a while, I, I know when something is going to be an assignment to me in preaching and teaching and in writing. And, uh, you know, your, your first thought when I bring this up is going to be, I, I can't believe you're going to go over there, but I'm going to tell you something. If, if we in the household of faith don't start going there, we're only going to have input from everybody else that contradicts the word of God. Now, you know, I grew up this way, and, and, and many of you all grew up this way. And when somebody would use pejorative racial epitaphs, it would make your heart grieve and hurt your spirit, and, and you would never, you know, condone that. And that's exactly right. 
there is no excuse for sowing that kind of division in people's lives. And it doesn't make a difference which one you use, but the, the press now, you know, uses the, you know, the, the vernacular, the N-word, or they'll describe something else that, that is pejorative to a people, to a group of people. And I just want to say this at the outset. Are you all with me right now? There is one race. And if you believe there is more than one race, then you need to get a revelation of the word of God. Because there is one race. Everything. Skin color was just a manifestation of the DNA that God put in our forefathers from the very beginning. And as Jesse says, we're all just dirt. Red dirt, white dirt, black dirt, yellow dirt, orange dirt. We are dirt. Look at somebody and tell them, you're just dirt. That's the body. And if, if these things are still in your heart because that's how you were raised and it's high time you repent of it, don't entertain this nonsense. Don't empower people to be a part of this. You're not going to be a well with that junk running around in your heart and in your mind. Well, that's just what people do. That's just what people say. That is not how God's people operate God's people see what? They see faith. They see brother. They see sister. That's what they see. And we should never stop beating the drum of what is right and what is wrong. No excuse for it. I said there's no excuse for it. But what's happening right now is the culmination of something that is just as bad as the N-word, and it's the R-word. And it is the on-purpose tendency of people to label people racist when they are not racist. Little white boy, little black boy, little Asian boy born is not a racist. They are little creatures that are taught to be superior. And listen to me carefully today. Everybody say, I'm going to be a well. There's life coming out of me. I don't have time for this nonsense. And so now we've got to deal with the R word because if somebody loses a debate, you're a racist. No, you're a racist if you think that somehow because you look different in some way, you're better than somebody else. Or they're inferior. Why would somebody use the N-word? Why would people do that historically? Listen, to oppress, to subjugate, and ultimately to silence. And right now in our country, the R-word is being used to subjugate, to oppress, and to silence people. And what you need to do is say, I'm not playing that game. The Holy Ghost will show you if you have racist tendencies in you. And to say somebody is a racist that is not is by definition a racist action. They both need to be driven out of our society. Critical race theory is the intentional implementation of reverse systematic racism and systemic racism in our country. It started on college campuses through people who wrote, you know, journals on this. And listen carefully. Now it's trickling into high school systems across the country. You say it would never happen in Murray. I'm telling you, you better not only keep your, your board of education in tow, you better pay attention, parents, to the assignments your kids are reading and having to write because they're being taught this, and it is a racist doctrine to the core promulgated by Marxists who want to destroy this nation. And listen to me carefully. That is not a conspiracy theory. That is fact. Let me go a little bit further. Those four or five that started writing on critical race theory in this country 23 years ago, we now know that they have plagiarized doctrine from Soviet communism in their manuscripts. You know what happens when you plagiarize, you don't document something in academia? You get fired. The reason they focused on race and divide in this nation, the reason they have done this is because they realize we have too strong of a middle class to use class against each other, but they understand the hurt that is there. This is not helping. 
You do not right the wrong of racism with more racism. I said you don't do that. What you do is you get honest about it. You don't put up with it in any manifestation. Say it with me. I refuse to be a racist. Amen. I'm pleased to tell you that for 34 wonderful years, this has been my wife, and today's our anniversary. I thank God for her. Amen. What a blessing. But her hair is colored at least 34 times differently. And, and I'm not going to be a color racist against my wife. Now, there was one time I was teaching in the Bible college upstairs. She'd been to somebody in town, not Dawn. And uh, this, this lady came in with banana-colored hair. I kid you not, banana. And sat down. I thought, who is that banana-headed person coming to my class tonight? It was Kelly. Then occasionally she gets it real dark, and I just can't help it. Elvira. Elvira. In other words, you celebrate differences, but you stay out of this game. And there's a fellow that uh, works for, uh, I believe, you know, Fox News, but he was on an airplane. And this article actually came out today. He was talking to an executive on the plane. And he said, he asked him, well, what do you think that this pastor in Chicago believes about critical race theory? Very, very powerful black man of God. He just did an amazing job in, in South Central Chicago. So many problems, so many needs. And here's what he said. He said, uh, you, know, you know, basically if, if you're white, you can't say anything because if you say anything, then the woke people will call you a racist as well. Do you see what's going on here? Oppression, subjugation, silence. Say it with me, oppression, subjugation, silence. That is never going to be of God. So he flies to Chicago and he, he meets with this man and he asks him, what do you think about this? What's, what's the problem? And this great man of God said, it's the liberalization that has caused all the problem in this country. He said, there is a lack of, of hope and good faith among our people. We don't believe that things will change because we keep being told that we're victims and we're never coming out of this. And can I tell you something? In the word of God, the word is the, is the equalizer. The new birth is the equalizer. You and I can do anything. Can I tell you something about the, the word of faith people and, and spiritual people in general? Can I tell you something about it? They, they are the most loving and kind and gracious people towards other people. It's amazing when you get folks together. They don't care what they look like. They don't care about their hair color. They don't care about their skin color. They don't care about what they're driving. They don't care about that stuff. That's what the word and the spirit of God will do for you and for me. And he went on to say, you know, that the, what the answer is, and, he, and this is exactly what he said. He said, all CRT is doing is trying to instill more racism in this nation. Now, you and I can, can, can bow to the pressure. There are people being threatened with their jobs, with their positions, threatened on, on ball clubs. We have people removed from Olympic teams simply because they... They use their, 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 you know, the First Amendment right to actually what? To speak. Amen. You've, you've got to say, no, we need to do what the Word of God says. Love God and what? And love people. Amen. Now, Pastor, what do you think is going to happen when you put a blog out there called the New, R, called the new N-Word? I can tell you right now what's going to happen. But you and I, we're never called to be hirelings. And if we're going to be what we're supposed to be, we can't walk around sheepishly intimidated. The people might call you something. Let me help you out here. I, I can't even imagine, you know, the kids I grew up with, that uh, basically we, you know, you had uh, your schools that were predominantly white, and some black, and you have other schools that were probably black in our town and, and, and some white. And then by the time we got to junior high, in high school, we just had one junior high, one high school, and we all came together. And I'll never be able to relate 
to what they've gone through or their families have gone through, and there's no excuse for it. Can I tell you something? Juliana, my granddaughter, is not responsible for what happened to them. The little Japanese girl is not responsible for what the Japanese did at Pearl Harbor. In fact, watch this. This is the difference between a scriptural mindset and this world. The scripture would tell us that if a man sins, he's going to have to stand up for his own sin. Not his granddaughter or great, 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 granddaughter. And to, to have heard some of these things said to you, I can't even comprehend. You know, the pain. And I'll tell you, immediately, designed to intimidate you know, a, a black person, designed to, to shut them down, to, to keep them captive, designed that way. And that's what that was the. I'm telling you this. By revelation of the Holy Spirit, the R word is doing the same thing to white people. Scared literally to death to say anything against this ungodly ideology that's permeating our country. Because you've been told that if you're white, you can't say anything. No, when you're a child of God, you answer to a higher calling and a higher authority. And you should speak against things that are unjust, all things that are unjust, not just some things that are unjust. You put it to me like this. When a person is called a racist and they know in their heart they're not, it feels bad. Like when somebody's called a pejorative word based on their color, based on their, you know, their upbringing in terms of how they were born, in terms of how they were raised, in terms of the things that God gave them. How many understand God gave us what we have? We are creations of God. He made us. Hallelujah. I tell you, you Michael here, you could go around the world and not find a smile like that guy has. <laughs> Hallelujah. Smile envy. How's that? Amen. <laughs> and uh, glory to God. But, but that's how, how it feels when that word is thrown out there like that. So it's understandable why you'd be tempted to be intimidated, tempted to be shut down, and tempted to be silent. But you need to be like Bartimaeus and speak up what? All the more. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Praise God. Are you willing? See, the, the wells of life are not going to be a timid sort, backward sort. They're not going to be a shy sort. They're going to be a, a bold sort. Amen. Of course, you know, Forrest Gump had it right. Stupid is, stupid does. Racism is, as racism does. So um, this thing is, is born from the pit of hell and is designed to, to destroy. And this is what he, he basically said as pastor. I, I don't want little kids growing up at this church being taught these things. Um, you know, we, we all just need more leaders. They'll just be honest, you know, and just just deal with things. Amen. We have not arrived. Where we're moving forward. But watch this. The future of this nation is not in the hands of politicians. It's, hand, it's in the hands of the wells that are dispensing life wherever we go. Amen. Amen. Can I have a better amen today? Amen. Glory to God. Say it in Jesus' name. I choose to love. I choose to walk in love. I don't care about color of the hair. I don't care the color of the skin. I don't care about the shade of teeth. I just don't care. Look at somebody and say, I can't tell you how much I don't care. Boy, you operate like that, and that is something that arrests and catches the attention of, of the world. Amen. Glory to God. Well, Pastor, I can't believe you went there. Well, hang around. (laughs) 
because the pressure not to call sin, sin, the pressure not to speak the truth in American pulpits, it's that same spirit. Intimidate, subjugate, amen, and silence. Come on, sit. I will not be subjugated. I will not be intimidated. And I will not be silent. Amen. Come on, give me a big hand clap if you can take that.